Hey everybody, welcome back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Dells from New Orleans. I don't know what's going on on the soundboard, but it's episode 172, everybody. Coming in hot. <laughs> so hard not hearing the tune that I'm actually controlling right now. It's <laughs> all right, man. What's up, dude? <laughs> I always think that you do it. You that cut way. out a little premature. Well, when I can't hear what I'm, the tune that I'm controlling on my laptop. No, but I think 11 seconds is good. Yeah. Just as a general rule. So are we rolling now? Yeah, we're, of course we are. Yeah. Aren't you supposed to like come back on the bottom with the uh, introduction to our Well, it's episode 172, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yep. It's goodlifepage.com. Jeff and Joel from Orleans. What's up, Jeff? Uh, well, uh, we should introduce our guest. I'm Let's do that and let's do a little housekeeping. Okay. How about that? All right. We got James Martin here, everybody. Great. Hello. What's up, James? Thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we got John Kieran here. Hi. Thanks for coming here. Yeah, my pleasure. We got a bunch of cool stuff to announce. But look, real quick housekeeping, because it's been five weeks since we've um, we've, uh, had a show. That's Um, right. And we have another person walking through the door right now. And uh, because that's how, you know, our fans, uh, that's how we're rolling. Let's go like way back on. But what's up, dude? Jeff, I mean, should we just talk about your health? Because I have a take. I could roll with it. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll talk about it. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, we were, it took us like five weeks. That's Tracy, by the way, everyone, my wife. And, uh, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to say that just yet. But, uh, <laughs> shit. Your wife, and you're, your wife and you are getting married. My significant other, my partner. Your partner. Your life partner. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, so, uh, things got waylaid a couple of weeks back because, uh, I had to get admitted to the hospital again. Yeah. Um, in what was really a close call. And, uh, so, uh, but uh, I've been slowly, uh, recovering since then, you know. Well, you're looking good, yeah. dude. Like, I came over for, nice. uh, the Saints game with Griper. It was two Saints games ago, and I was like, I'd just seen Jeff, like, three days prior. And you were looking like shit for... I mean, you had that really horrible... Uh, you were in the ICU. That's right. Then yeah. you were in acute care. And then you were in the non-acute care. But you were in, like not moving for about two weeks. Then back. And suddenly, you, out of nowhere, it's like you look so fucking good. And I was like... I always I like joked to my mom and other people who listen to me. It was like, it's like Jeff DeVille had like the extreme makeover. Like Bravo gay guys come over and like hook you up with the new hairdo and the goatee drop 40 pounds from the cancer and shit and like sorry to make light of it, everyone but you no like, no no suddenly, I'd, ra- like, I'd rather make light of it you know? because I, used I mean to, what would be what would be the point of making heavy of it I used to have girlfriends <laughs> who'd be like throughout our adult life and our friendship Jeff where they'd be like you're friends with Jeff DeVille right I was like yeah <laughs> but it's you know we work together we're doing this podcast whatever you could if someone was gonna take your advice he might maybe you know I mean it's like it's like he's getting kind of old for that uh, ponytail (laughs) for that rock and roll flying guitar ponytail that you were rocking the big C until the cancer knocked it out yeah it just knocked it out so suddenly you like you look like 10 years younger yeah it's true everybody should know this Jeff looks great I hate to I've never seen you before and I was thinking you look great oh thanks man I don't even have a comparison but just (laughs) salute I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, fun. so, but uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's some uh, recent uh, little bit of complications that need to be addressed uh, tomorrow. So I have a, yeah. I have a doctor's, two doctor's appointments tomorrow that I have to go to, you know, oh, yeah. to get some stuff uh, 
squared away. And uh, so hopefully that'll happen uh, successfully. And uh, I don't know what else, man. And you and your wife are getting it's, married December 7th. And, um, God damn it. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> it's cat's out of the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people who you're really concerned about knowing don't listen to our show. They don't anymore. listen to the podcast. So the, pa- the parents. My mom just, still it, calls it. I know this current. sounds slightly perverse, you know, to like deny, you know, <laughs> Judas-like, you know, there's some kind of uh, secret going on here. But uh, uh, Tracy didn't want her family in Cleveland to know about this, um, and so I hadn't met them just yet. So we uh, we got. <laughs> married last December and uh, and then it was just like okay mom's the word you know and then so we decided to have a real wedding um, which is going to be this December on our anniversary oh well in City right. Park uh, with a little post party at DBA Walter Wolfman Washington cool. Cool. wow yeah, really that's right yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to yeah, be so. dope something to look forward to everybody listeners so, to the pod that's the reason why for that. <laughs> of course, it slips out every now and again, you know. But, it slips uh, out all the time. I don't think anybody from Cleveland is listening. Saying <laughs> it on a podcast is a great way to keep it a secret, actually. That's yeah. exactly right. Sorry. Dude, I, like, give away my darkest, deepest secrets on this show because I know that, I mean, come on, we have 10,000 listeners or whatever, subscribers, but I don't think they're the kind of people that I can't. Sorry, listeners. I don't, I don't mean to like put you guys. I don't want you to know my deepest, darkest secrets. It's the people that I'm worried about knowing my deepest, darkest secrets, I know don't listen to this show. So if we go on to the uh, list of our subscribers and do a quick search of the Birches. We do the, have you know, a lot of listeners. Are we going to are we going to find a Birch, you know, from Cleveland? <laughs> exactly. No, we're not. We do have a lot of Russian listeners, but I just think they're keeping tabs on everything. No, yeah. no, no, yeah, they're They're just listening. They just are. They're listening to everything, especially this podcast. Yeah. Like, are these guys are they influential? <laughs> my 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 usually good impersonations are flagging a little bit these days, guys. <laughs> and that, exactly, because uh, you do normally have the great radio voice. But this is a good segue towards our uh, Rich VK shout out of the week, which is Rich doesn't like it when we do too much housekeeping before we get to our guest. I think so, that was pretty brief, right? Don't you? I think it wasn't too extended. Um, you're still at like a submarine amount of wandering around before oh, you get to dude. the interview, so that you're Thank fine. You. You're I fine. appreciate that that, that contact. I mean, we're at six and a half minutes right now. You yeah, Marin does nothing. the ten, and I hate it. I just scrub right through it, and our listeners know they can scrub through. The I just come for the ten, and then I and then I'm like, screw this. What's this, Drew Carey? No, thank you. Right, you just do the ten to open. No, 10? that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> that's a great joke. <laughs> well, just as a reminder to our listeners as well that we all always list um, in our website and our right. Facebook page where certain topics begin. So you can scrub through it. So you can scrub through it if that's all you want to listen to. So, so if you're a big provide James that Martin fan, to you, and, you, and you care about the album Keep Moving and when the CD release party is, that's going to be at the what mark are we at now? Uh, we are at seven minutes. It's going to be the seven minute mark. Do, do y'all get uh, scrub stats? <laughs> we, we don't. We don't. Who's love listening? It. Who's just scrubbing? Right. Exactly. I would love scrubbing? to get scrub stats. <laughs> The Russians are immediately just like hitting you and then like doing like uh, analytics. They want to know. They're like. They're just doing scrubs now. They're, 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 yeah. I wonder how many Russians are scrubbing us at this very moment. You're getting scrubbed, buddy. <laughs> you're getting scrubbed. It's when you don't think you're, you're getting like, scrubbed that you know you're getting scrubbed. Where it is. Where it, I want to be scrubbed by a Russian. <laughs> where, where, does, where does Trump criticism? <laughs> they just scrub right there. So, James Martin, dude. You've got a new album coming out. Yes. And you have, uh, it's dropping what, October 4th? October 4th. Yep. And you have a CD release party that night on the 4th? Yep, at the Jazz Playhouse. Word. 7.30. Yep. It's called Keep Moving. Mm-hmm. And the single's already out, right? Yep. This, this is the most radio I've ever been on this podcast, by the way. Like, what, this interaction, Jeff. 
What? Oh, the most radio radio like. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll 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 take it from you, man. You know, put it back in the podcast (laughs) for you if you want. (laughs) James, let me ask you a question. This is on the technical front. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, how have you chosen to release your record? It's a really good question. In what hardware format? Um, if any. I am really promoting streaming right now, which isn't really financially beneficial to myself. Right. You know? right. Um, people will still buy the CDs, uh, less so online. Uh, I do get a lot, uh, especially in New Orleans. People want something to take home, so if they're, if they're tourists, so they might be they might buy a few CDs to take home with them. Um, Off the bandstand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Vinyl, everybody's telling me to do vinyl, but from the, the bands that I've heard, it doesn't seem to be selling or, or like creating a profit, you know, because it's very costly printing those things. That's right. Uh, which is a shame because I love vinyl. I think it sounds great and I like to hold something. It's an album cover, a piece of art. Yeah. Well, it's the artwork that I love. Like, my house is littered with CDs that I've never unwrapped the plastic on that I've gotten mm-hmm. in the last few years because I don't have a CD player, but I like having it around just for the artwork. And then I listen to the music on Spotify, right? But I actually supported the band by buying the CD. Mm-hmm. I find that the problem is is that nobody has a CD player or a separate CD player anymore, right? right? So right. You, you have to have something like that. Everybody is like essentially unplugged, you know, with some kind of like Kilburn, Marshall mm-hmm. type thing these days over Bluetooth. That's like taken off. And that's created these problems because you have the, double, the dual utility with a CD. <laughs> Was that you, Joel? No rush $10. on this podcast. Ten dollars. Ten dollars in the phone. That's a fine. Yeah. Jar. Yeah. Phone exactly. jingle jar. Ten dollars. It's like the curse jar when you're a kid. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, so uh, you know the dual utility of the of the CD is that you can play it just as is if you have a CD player, but the other thing is you can just rip the songs off and put mm-hmm. it into a digital format easily. Quote unquote. Well, not, not anymore because but a lot of computers don't have CD ROMs anymore. They don't have CD yeah. ROMs anymore. Yeah, that's you buy right. a MacBook, it's right. nothing. There's no, like, it's just USB that's, and that's it. That's or not you, even USB. Like. That, I, see? You know, so, like, everything's becoming complicated. Mm-hmm. But, and you did have to think about it, yeah. didn't you? But, like, but then, how you were going to do it. But then there's instances like uh, I, I went to the post office and mailed a CD to a radio station in California today because they want that physical copy. They copy. Mean, yeah. So you or, need yeah. it. Or, or like a lot of press con, uh, contacts that I have are still kind of old school and they want that physical CD and the press release and all that. That's, so, that's the other part of it. So right? I have to print the CDs. You have to get the CDs. Yeah. Right. You have right. to. Yeah, that makes but sense. To have, but to double down on like cool merch. Because you're also part of Soul Brass Band. Mm-hmm. And Soul Brass Band has dope merch. Yeah, the t-shirts like, in particular. The t-shirts in particular. Trumpet Mafia has great merch. Uh-huh. It's like, shout out to Ashlyn Parker. But it's like, cool stuff. That's what I would suggest for right. any band putting out a new album, is make sure you have really dope merch. Yeah. You know? Uh, John from New Orleans Film Festival, you guys got cool merch? Um, we do. You know, it's it's. I feel like we, every year, we're like, somebody gets excited about, like, let's have pop sockets or something. And it doesn't always sell, but we always get stoked about it. So I think it's doing its job. Uh, what's a pop socket? A pop socket is like a, anybody got a pop socket on their phone? It's like a thing. Oh, like, that thing on the back of your phone that helps you hold your phone. Which always felt like my hands tend to work for that. Like, I don't need an extra... <laughs> Element, yeah. James, so what are you? Where are you on the? Pop I don't know. Sockets? I kind of have big hands, like playing the instruments and all. So, like, I, I don't, I don't find that difficult. I can do everything with one hand. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I don't need the pop sockets. You know, Though I think they're cute. 
It's annoying. It's but like, I, it looks silly. It but I want to. I want to agree with you that I think that James that's, with a hot take. <laughs> uh, no matter how many you give away or, or sell or what, whatever the festival is trying to do, that that kind of utilitarian slash fun mm-hmm. kind of thing is is the way to go. It seems like what we've learned is that like people are not that stoked to buy a, a film fest t-shirt. I mean, like people filmmakers who come visit us and sure. want to like rep rep the festival that like program their films. Right, like, that's right. cool. And we like doing that, but it's not like you got like groupies or fans who come to your show and they're just like, I want everybody to know that I was at this festival. Hey, you know, I bought a film festival t-shirt. Did you really? Like a couple years ago. Oh my yeah. God. Would you, do you want to talk to my boss? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can be like a test market. Like, sure. why did you buy this? Like what was it? The color was the color. Cool. The color was cool. What was I, I like the festival. It's a great, great festival. Yeah. Thank you. Do you remember what year it was? Is it the? Uh, uh, sorry, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I, I don't. I could. I could find the T-shirt. We've had some pretty year. good. Yeah. We got some. I mean, our design game is okay. I mean, yeah, I, I have a Film Fest T-shirt from like. Did you buy it though? 90s. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also films like Henry Griffin had that great mutiny shirt because his film premiered at the New Orleans Film Festival way back in the day. I know. Remember I that? Shout out to Henry Griffin. Yeah. Henry taught me, uh, taught me at UNO. Oh, is that right? I'm a former student of Henry Griffin. Oh, oh good, good, good. Shout out. I'm so an, I'm he a, had good merch. I'm an alumnus. Also. He had good merch. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I almost <laughs> think, James, like with putting out an album, it's like, okay, you have to have the CD because there's, there's still those old school people that you want to listen to the record and promote it. <clears throat> you're probably not going to sell a lot of CDs at shows, though the artwork isn't worth investing. I just think like the artwork on a t-shirt or something and just like when i was selling cds on the road in europe this summer people were like it was like 20 bucks and they mm-hmm. were like i was like you know you can get this for free on spotify you know and i just told them i was like mm-hmm. but if you want to support the band and you know that was kind of my pitch or whatever right. but i would have preferred to have had like a t-shirt or something and then maybe that t-shirt has like a, a little Spotify link on it or something like it's that. It's not a bad idea. But not everyone, I mean, everyone knows how to Google music and figure out right. how to listen to your music. Yeah. You know, so you did, so you dropped your single first on yep. Spotify. Yep. Someone, do you know what Deezer is by any chance? Uh, vaguely. It's, I don't know what Deezer is. Yeah. Do you guys know what Deezer is? <laughs> you ask is? everybody that that comes on your podcast. Yeah. First question, well, what is Deezer? A musician came up to me and was like, I just got 60,000 hits on Deezer. Is that a big number? I was like, I have no fucking idea. It sounds like a big number. It sounds like a lot. It's like the Russian scrubbing through this podcast. So he's like, going he's gonna to get a check for $5. <laughs> yeah, five, five bucks. Tops. Five bucks. I, I, like had, 30. I had a song that got 2 million plays on Pandora. I got 80 bucks for it. Oh, my God. That's so Jesus depressing. Christ. Yeah. So James, can we rewind and we're going to get to the New Orleans Film Festival more? No, absolutely. And also, Take your time. why both you guys are here because there is some connected tissue between the two guests tonight. But James, you grew up in New Orleans, right? Yep, born and raised. Born and raised in New Orleans. You went to Noco, mm-hmm. and then you went to uh, Loyola. Yep. And you did both the like you did music program plus music business program, right? Well, I did uh, jazz performance, uh, saxophone, and also uh, music industries. Right. Jeff, you were yeah. teaching over there for a while. Now. Well, I wasn't really a teacher, technically, but I did do some teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did. Um, that what, was in what years two, were you there? I was there in 2000. Uh, <clears throat> I was there in 2008. Okay, I gra- late 2007 to 2010. Uh, early I, 2010. I, I graduated in 2006. Yeah, you were already yeah. out, out of there by that yeah. time. I don't even think John Snyder, who runs the program, was there maybe when you were there. Oh, uh, he was. He was? Like, yeah. There? Yeah, okay. Last year or two. Right, right. He helped me out a lot. He did? Yeah. Okay. A lot of respect yeah. and love for him. Um, well, yes, yeah, I was there. You know, I became uh, the last person to 
essentially complete the broadcast television uh, thing mm-hmm. through the music industry studies grant. They got a big grant, you know, and so four of us came in from professional film and television world. And uh, believe it or not, there were still like three students that were there that had come for the uh, the broadcast television program. Mm-hmm. And after, so they were there before Katrina, mm-hmm. right? And so they had uh, had to live through the whole thing of like essentially being on an island about their future at the university because they canceled the program Mm -hmm. after Katrina. Mm -hmm. And so they had stayed out of this like sense of duty and obligation, you know, and uh, to help the city. And, uh, and we got there and they just showed up at the room and they were like, please, please let us be your crew. And I was like, well, why do you want this so bad? And they're like, because we've just been like ripped out of like two years of our Mm -hmm. What we wanted to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, all right. Well, let's see." You know, so they were all seniors, you know, by then, and uh, and that's what we did. That was Braden and Dorian, right? And uh, ironically, Dorian lived through a Category Five hurricane because his parents took care of sailboats, right? Which oh, made wow. me think. And then he went to live in Florida right. after that. After and that. when the Dorian hurricane came, I was like, "This is too much irony." Poor man. guy, I can't, I can't <laughs> handle this, man. Yeah, or Doran interned for us at Bonnery that one year. Yeah, From, and, and it was uh, and uh, Christina Catanzaro as well, who, now, who worked for HBO, who has gone on to become a producer at HBO. Yeah, we knew yeah. she was going to like run yeah. circles around us, even <laughs> like well, she's, professionally. She's from Connecticut. You know? Yeah, apologies yeah. to anybody who's from Connecticut. So, John, you're from Massachusetts. <laughs> That's correct. When did we? Did you move here before Hurricane Katrina? No, no, I came down in uh, August 2011 for to do an MFA at uh, UNO okay. to study film. So yeah, that's, that's when you worked with Red. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's much. He had longer hair then. Yeah, is it short <laughs> now? Right. I feel like he like he's cut it. It's been through phases. He might be yeah. on the back on the long, long, but it used to be like for a while he just cut it short. Hopefully, he's it's, like a, yeah. hopefully it's not related to cancer. No, he's a like yeah. he's a dad now. I feel like he was like he just took in the mirror, look, look in the mirror, and was like maybe I should get rid of this. I'm a father. I don't. Know. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, totally. Yeah. Henry, Henry can answer this. You should call Henry up. Next I'm episode. trying to actively grow a mullet right now, just to like. What? Is that what? what that is? That's what it's. That's what it is. Because I'm going to see my mom for her 80th birthday, and I want to surprise. She's her really into mullet. mullets. Well, I had a mullet when I was 17, which is when she probably liked me most. You know, 16, 17. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm going up for her 80th birthday here, like this weekend. That's, and, uh, that's cute. You're gonna to, do like the. You're I'm just gonna probably gonna like really like do that just to full on mullet the shit out of. Because I'm going to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm from. Yeah. Oh boy. And that's gonna be really fucking funny if I look like the exact exact same photo as my like junior high prom. <laughs> that's gonna be dope. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I heard the mullet sound making a comeback. I'll get. A, I've heard that too. So I don't think I it mean, ever went away. It James on Martin, where you were at. Uh, you were at Bonnery. They were. They were rocking the mullets at Bonnery. I don't remember any mullets, man. Oh, there was a bunch of mullets. <laughs> That's where I came up with the idea. I was like, fuck, I gotta get back to my mullet. Days. I don't know where you were hanging out. Yeah. Oh, I was camping. You guys were at the uh, Red River event or whatever, wherever you guys are at. Um, so, James, so like you grew up here, you went to NOCA, and a lot of people, uh, our listeners, a shout out to Amsterdam Phil, all our folks overseas. Um, NOCA is a, one of the better things about New Orleans, in my estimation. Would I would agree. It was a great experience for me. Um, the things that I learned there, the people that I met, it, it, it established and began my career as a professional musician in the city, uh, meeting the musicians there. Uh, That's where I met uh, Trombone Shorty and John Baptiste, an early iteration of 
Troy, Trombone Shorty's band. We used to play every Sunday at the Maple Leaf. And that's when we were still in high school there at NOCA. When you were in Mm -hmm. high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you toured with uh, Shorty for a while, right? Yeah, about seven years. And we're on records with him. How Mm -hmm. many records did you guys do? Uh, not including Jazz Fest live records. I think uh, two, three, maybe. Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah. Or and now you've embarked on the solo career and uh, keep moving as your what fourth? Album? It's it's my third solo third, third album yeah. under my my name, James Martin. Word. Yeah, it's got good uh, photography from uh, Fred. Friend of the Good Life, uh, Zach. Zach. Yeah, Zach Smith, right? Yeah, Zach's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys did a nice Good sultry, sultry photo shoot. <laughs> sultry, was that, is that how you would describe it? No. <laughs> what I loved... <laughs> shout out to Josh Darkman. So what I Joel love about... batting 100 over here. I know. I'm, I'm batting like zero. <laughs> uh, what I love about James Martin is like... He went on Josh Darkman's Facebook thing that that Josh Darkman does. It's a, like, what's it called? Have a, Have a great, great day. day. And everyone just smiles. Like, you over-smile. And uh, but when photographs, dude, you don't smile that much. No, no, you have this like James Dean like look that you uh, do. Well, you know, you this <laughs> there was a certain vibe I was going for in the album cover, and no, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not smiling. But you guys hit it out of the park. No, look, it's it's great. Back to the artwork with uh-huh. the thing, and, and then Muffin did your graphic design yeah, and excellent. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's dope stuff. So people out there, go to Spotify and. But more importantly, like go to James Martin shows. It's jamesmartinmusic.com, right? Right. And uh, support support the music. Live local music, right? Well, yeah. just to let you know, your promotions are getting out there because we've never met before and I saw it, you know, and so Joel Excellent. and I were talking about it. That's, um, that's good to hear because it's, yeah. it's hard to tell from, you know, my standpoint sometimes. That's right. Yeah, I know. I know. The, what you get back from Facebook is like tough. You know what I mean? It's like, right. what does that mean? Pr- promoting sometimes, and I'm sure you can relate, John. Is is, is like just, you're just going around yelling, and you, yeah, yeah. you don't. You, you have to expect no one to listen, but you have to keep yelling at the top of your lungs, right, 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 just in case. Yeah, we and try. every now and again, someone says we heard you. Yeah, yeah, whenever anybody shows up to the festival, we hope that they get like a survey. We do surveys, and uh-huh. we're trying to be like, "Where did you find out about us? Why are you here?" Like, because we want to know what's worth the effort. And it's, it is. I mean, we have a great. Um, for the past couple of years, we've had the same marketing PR guy. Uh, shout out, shout out to Zap Yamru. <laughs> he's, uh, he does all of our promotions, and he's been great at like getting print coverage and that sort of thing. It's it's a long game i think to get people to pay attention to you mm-hmm. to be like right. um try to kind of rise above the the i don't want to call it the noise that sounds uh, disparaging but like there are and when it comes to festivals like new orleans is a city of festivals right there's like <laughs> yeah. a fried chicken festival now yeah. there's like a there's every every year we're opposite the uh blues and barbecue festival mm. like there's oh, that. Right, right. so it's like you a know, lot of noise yeah which i don't really <laughs> mean to call, you know what i'm saying right yeah, like yeah. it's like there's just so much going on every yeah. weekend you know and i'm particularly amazed. in october yeah particularly in the fall and the spring yeah yeah, and of, yeah course, of course Mario it's getting Rossi's cooler <laughs> yeah and when you're like you you see like uh, Nola on tap or something, which happened this past weekend, and there's like thousands, I don't know, like nine hundred, twelve hundred people, and you're like, where did where did these people come from? Should I just like be handing out flyers now? <laughs> like, you guys like coming to stuff? We got a film festival, you know? Dude, if you sleep in on a Sunday, it's like, oh shit, I missed decadence. Yeah. Or, right. Oh shit, I missed right. the running with the fucking bull thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. always do that. I just wake up and I see a bunch of shit blowing up on my phone. I'm like, damn it. Did you start early? That was today? The red restaurant or whatever. (laughs) I'm like, damn it. 
Yeah, but you're really motivated to go to the second line, you know. I do that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I do that. I think it's really a question of motivation more than it's anything It's about, else. yeah, it's about your lane. You, and yeah. you can wear your red dress whenever you want. You don't have to just wear it for the race. That's right. I, I wake up in it when I sleep in on Sundays with the red dress. <laughs> Bad in a thousand. Joel looks surprisingly good in a red dress. <laughs> I've heard many women say. Especially with the mullet. It's, it's in right. now. It's a good look, dude. Thank God this is an audio show only. Um, I don't know what's going not, on? Not visual. Um, so, John, you've got the New Orleans Film Festival coming up. It's what, October. We 16th open on the 16th, the... and we close on the 23rd. Word. So Wednesdays are opening night. It'll be kind of one film, one party, and then Thursday, uh, that that Thursday, the 17th, until the following Wednesday. It's and all, your hub all is all at the Contemporary Arts Center again. Correct. Yeah, 900 yep. Camp Street. Come on down. Yep. We actually have a lot of. I should start off off the bat. There's tons of free stuff at the festival. We do this every year, but I feel like this year especially, we're yeah. we're bringing on the free content. Like all of our VR experiences. If you've never done VR before and you're down to do it, like it's just show up at the CAC anytime during the and just days. put on like a virtual reality cap. Yeah, we have like a dozen virtual reality pieces yeah, I'm there I'm looking to escape <laughs> I want out of this world um, yeah so we've got that going on we've got tons of free screenings also just normal cinema screenings and yeah it's a lot of hype stuff check it out New Orleans film festival.org and one of the reasons that I that we want to have both you guys on this particular show um, is that there's a music initiative that I think is new this year Fallon Young first year first year about ever. it um, who's the director of New Orleans Film Festival? Yeah, our illustrious. Um, what's that? The illustrious Fallon. The illustrious, and I ran to her at Pagoda Cafe. Uh-huh. Um, fake, oh, oh, fake yeah. sponsor of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just like roll. We have roll many of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, they've got the great like three dollar talk at breakfast. Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty nice over there. Um, right over there on Dorsen One. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I ran into her there, and she was like, "Yeah, we're doing this music thing," and. Then I looked into it, and the music supervisors, and James, you can probably chime in on this, that are participating, seem to be heavy hitters. Like, cats that are really, like, yes, all licensing the, music. It seems like all the music supervisors uh, that are taking part of this are all heavy hitters. And and uh, a lot of people, I don't think, don't understand what a music supervisor does. Yeah. And in uh, today, we just talked about how hard it is to sell records and songs and all that and one a great source of income the uh, one it's probably the most lucrative part of the music business is licensing your music uh, mailbox money mailbox money and it used to be uncool where like artists didn't want to hear their music on a uh like a, a commercial like a national commercial a gap commercial whatever mm-hmm. you know but now it's like but now it's like wilco did it uh cool. we, need, we need that money yeah <laughs> <laughs> no one's buying our cds they're right. just streaming it um so so these are the the gatekeepers to that and right. and and so right now everybody's kind of fighting to get to them and and i'm sure they hear a lot of noise themselves yeah so I, I'm really grateful that there's this uh, this program this year to to connect supervisors with guys like me, um, people like me, musicians, Who have artists, original music yeah. that you own, right, and right, because um, that that could really make a difference, you know, and it's hard. Yeah, and if you are going to get in touch with somebody like that, because they. It, they typically gravitate toward content that they like already. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, it's not like <laughs> if you just r- recognize that person and ran up to them on the street, you, they're not going to listen to your stuff, you know. <laughs> but but this is a way that 
um, personal that, relationships help. Yeah, that it. conjunction yeah. can come together because uh, that is really like one of the most hefty tasks to break through the quote unquote noise because mm-hmm. that's really like I wouldn't even describe it as noise. It's like a brick wall, you know, getting through that because mm-hmm. just because there is so much desire, right. so much content, you know, that you, you have to go to one of these things if you desire doing that, mm-hmm. you know, because um, that, that's that's just the way that it's going to work. It works in the reverse way, mm-hmm. you know, like suddenly you get a call from somebody and they're like, we want to use a piece of your music. And you're like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. we've had that happen in Ego Jubilee like mm-hmm. four or five times, I want to say, something like that. And I would say one of them was like a big bonus payday for Treme, mm-hmm. right? You know, where they were like, we had gotten word that they were like, we're going to get around to you. You know, don't you worry. And uh, and so like in the fourth season, I think, the last season, they finally, or third they finally got in touch with us, you know, and that was the that's the biggest payday we've ever had, you know. So yeah, I can tell you, you know, like keep trying, mm-hmm. or uh, live in a city where uh, you know there's a show about that city, you know, <laughs> and then make some good music, you know, and then they'll come around, you know, and like buy some buy some of your tunes. But uh, the other thing was that like four, the other four were like you know deferred payment for a documentary that somebody was doing mm-hmm. you know they weren't really joke documentaries either they were like people who had significant funding you know enough to yeah. make the movie and get it done in post-production you know but not enough to do everything that needed to be done but they needed good something good you know mm-hmm. that they wanted to put on there so they liked one of our rocking tracks you know and so like okay we signed a deferment document. <laughs> <laughs> we never got paid anything. That's such like a that's such like a taste of the doc world. It's like nobody's getting paid nobody anything. is getting paid. It's like, and how would you like to do something just for the pure good of it? Well, that's welcome been, to the documentary. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, it's getting a little bit better, you know, because the documentaries are like that's true. Getting more popular in the mainstream, there's more money, you know, right? and there's a little bit more money, yeah. you know, but. I mean, we'd have even taken 500 bucks, you know, been like, okay. James, have you made any CSI New Orleans money yet? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've, been, oh, I've good. been pretty successful with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good. They're good. Uh, James and I were at this, uh, not, we were both at the Sync Up event, the mm-hmm. New Orleans Business Alliance, GNO Inc., Jazz and Harris Foundation, kind of all co-sponsored, but, um, and they, 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 they like talk about some pretty interesting tips, like what you're talking about, Jeff, like, I mean, like create original music that can be easily used mm-hmm. in film and television like the way of a song ends for You're example right. don't fade out don't fade out. hard endings exactly <laughs> the, hard, the hard ending exactly right because yeah. because anybody can fade out exactly yeah, so yeah. Gives, they can take care of them. give them the option <laughs> That's let right. them fade out yeah or not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's true it's true i'd like to think that um the use of music like that started with the saxophone and with uh, with Glenn Fry and uh, you belong to the city <laughs> because like, <laughs> back in uh, you know the song you know what I'm talking about you see Glenn, Glenn Fry and then belong to the city like Glenn Fry wait no you know it's like yeah. it's like this yeah. super slurry 80s smarmy uh, saxophone line it's kind of the same genre subgenre as like who could it be now right like yeah but less uh, peppy you know than that song and uh, 
and there was that debate going on then, you know, but like when Glenn Fry jumped out on his solo career after the Eagles, he was like, man, this doesn't pay as much. 80s as saxophone was the smarmiest you know? musician of, uh, instrument so, of all time. Yeah. So he did. You could say that that 80s saxophone was sultry. It was. <laughs> That's sultry. He'll allow it. He'll allow, I'll allow it. That. Well, well, you'll, you'll, this won't be surprising that it was all about a conjoined thing with uh, Miami Vice. Right. Right. Of course. So like they made these beer commercials that featured uh, they featured Don Johnson and they Philip something whatever his the other actor's name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that song from Glenn Fry. There was not much like ad placement type stuff uh, with music mm-hmm. before that, you know, mm-hmm. that I can remember. But that was the big one, and I, re- I recall even way back then that there was like this big controversy. Glenn Fry's book is all out, and you know, of course he is. Out, yeah, he's Glenn Fry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've discovered new music listening to weird commercials. Sometimes. Like Volkswagen. Yeah. Dude, back in the right? yeah. Volkswagen, yeah. Volkswagen in the '90s was so yeah. on point. It was so hit. So good. Well, you had that uh, that 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 cult band. Uh, that did all the Volkswagen commercials uh, for a while. I wore remember the white robes that were all creepy. Polyphonic Street. Yes. Oh, Poly- Poly- See, I remember Poly- hearing that. I remember I hearing like, a- I was like, this is cool and I dig your, like, thing, your gimmick, until I saw all the young kids running around backstage. <laughs> oh, no. Whoa. This Yikes. is a cult. Remember when we saw them live, man? That was so yeah. creepy, man. So creepy, dude. Yeah, yeah. But also, what's his name? Um... The dude from Austin, who I think now lives in Portland, uh, it, like only, I mean, the only band that eclipses Wilco in terms of like m- good music licensing that you're like, that you dig is this guy. It's Brett, what's his name? Um, oh, um, Andrew Bird, the whistling guy? No, nah, I'm going to figure it out in a minute. But it's like, but in the, in the meantime, I'll give like this analogy to like film stars who like, it was a career, it was career death if you were appeared in a commercial so like sure. Brad Pitt's and George Clooney's of the world did all their like commercial television billboard advertising for products and shit yeah in Asia yeah right for a long time hmm. and then like that's Matthew how you McConaughey just broke that down with his Lincoln shit yeah. and some other actors as well that were like fuck it yeah, it's been we going can do on. commercials too and it's not gonna kill our career yeah kind of the same thing with this dude um, uh, I'm gonna look it up that whole firewall is just gone now like I turn yeah. on YouTube mm-hmm. and there's like Tim and Eric doing a commercial for like a mattress like one of those mattress on demand places and it's like three minutes long right and you're like is this a show now that's also a commercial it yeah. blows my mind yeah. it bl- it's weird being old enough to look back at like the late 90s when I was like listening to like punk rock and people would be like never sell out like Fugazi and shit mm-hmm. just being like you know selling out was in a, a concept you know but it's yeah. like people gotta survive now like it's different they do have to survive Rick and Morty yeah. are doing like Hardee's commercials oh my god it's wild it's wild <laughs> yeah yeah everybody's gotta make a little bit of extra change you know yeah. through capitalism but you still make your own original art right I mean how do, how do yeah. you how do you parse I, well, that I don't think that, I don't think there's a compromise there yeah. yeah, I don't think you know art needs to be compromised in that regard. And and these music supervisors, they're not they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. And in fact, the the reason why they have their jobs is they have incredible taste and knowledge yeah. of of music. And so they're kind of like the radio hosts of 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 yesterday yesterdays, where you know the radio host might hear something, and without some big corporate headquarters over hovering over them they would say all right check this this new song out and that would break a band mm-hmm. so they're they're kind of in that role right now and i don't think it's i don't think it's selling out at all i, I mean why would you i mean just because you heard it 
as a in a commercial does that mean that it changes your feelings about the song you know what i mean like you're a fan of it before it gets in a commercial i mean i heard like, like led zeppelin got used you know and you're like suddenly like no i don't like led zeppelin anymore I, yeah. i'm a lifelong fan but now that i heard it in a commercial <laughs> I have stopped. You know, I, some, some people you know, would get upset. I think, <laughs> I think it, yeah, I can, I can imagine. It's, but it's like at that point, this point is kind of like a dying mindset. Like mm-hmm. that is on its way out. Like there was a time where, like, sure. yeah, if you were a spiritualized fan in the early '90s and then you heard them on a Volkswagen yes. commercial, yeah. you'd be like, "Fuck that!" But like, I heard that band for the first time on my TV as like living in suburbia and was like, "What is that sound?" You know. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, I can see both sides for mm-hmm. sure. I've even heard, uh, like, er- earliest. The earliest of the early REM in the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, that's how far like recently. That which which was goes. kind of the earliest of like yes. what we consider yeah. alt rock, yeah. right? College rock era. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah it's all like you know, Driver rock. Eight and stuff like that. You know, like you had to be a fan of that band, you know, to know that music. You know, back then. And, you know, I didn't. I didn't like stop. Mm-hmm. in the middle of Rouse's and say, I'm not shopping here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, After I found out he was a Trump supporter, that's when it happened. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that real? Is that real? Wait, it's who? totally real. I mean, I don't know why I'm the tone of surprise. Why am I surprised? No, Donnie Rouse has uh, donated like oh, $50,000 to Donald Trump. That's so messed up. Jack I mean, Winn-Dixie can't be any better, right? Like what's oh, good God, no. What's no. your alternative? That's probably like straight Nazi. I'm going to drive out to the <laughs> Piggly Wiggly in Laplace to do my shopping. Yeah, don't don't bet on that one either. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, no, and anyway, uh, we're at thirty-seven right now, Joel. We're at, just to let you know. Well, consumerism, you know, we all always talk. Our next guest coming up on the next show, we're going to be talking about some public policy and music, and maybe we should hmm. talk about it a little bit here because um, we have this ABO ordinance coming up. That's um, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Next week. You guys should pushed. be against this. You should be against this. That's ABO just my, that's me. That you know? relates to music business. Yeah. Um, it's going to expand the latitude of city government to shut down uh, music venues, essentially, around mm-hmm. town um, in a way that's so broad that it's a it's just a giant broad stroke that allows city government, essentially, the tools to make up whatever they want if they just think that they don't like you. And, uh, and shut your business. So now they need an ordinance to make up whatever they want? That's <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, you know, back to that whole Trump thing, and like, even though we jest about like shopping at Walgreens versus CVS versus like Kroger versus whatever, um, it's kind of like consumerism doesn't have an impact, you know? And, and if Walmart decides to stop carrying guns because their consumers don't want them to, then great. You know, certain like assault rifles that mm-hmm. the government sure, doesn't have sure. the uh, will or the ability to to uh, regulate. Um, but it's like with Macno and other forces here in the city that are trying to affect public policy, like Nolan Business Alliance, GNO Inc., New Orleans Music Economy, etc., if we don't have like a free marketplace push at the same time in terms of like... Um, supporting our uh, small businesses that promote music mm-hmm. and also demanding a living wage for musicians right and like and 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 if enough people say no I won't play for four hours for a hundred bucks yeah you know then we can make a change in the free marketplace in addition to the public policy efforts that are being made well yeah i mean essentially what we want is like 
our government in New Orleans, <laughs> it's insane that I even have to say this, to be not hostile towards music. Mm. Right? That's yeah. true. That's the battle we're fighting right It's now. basically, can you, can you essentially, it's always white people. I'll just say it. Well, let me compare with like, another. Please, W. So, like, Austin just passed. That's right. A, 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 like a, a live music tax. Yeah, yeah. You segued into what I was going to talk about. <laughs> Sorry. Right? Good. No, good. <laughs> well, well, here we're here trying to yeah. like, criminalize music, and it's not like nothing new. They've been trying to do this for years. Which is crazy right. because, like, we have a, this insanely organic music that's tied in with just lifestyle and history, mm-hmm. you know. And Austin has. Essentially, a very, very well planned, crafted marketing plan. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you know, by live, com- sorry, by live music tax for somebody I have no familiarity with this. Does that mean there's like a municipal tax that goes to supporting? Live That's music? exactly correct. Oh wow! Yep, yep, it's a portion of Austin. So, like, if I bag it, buy, buy a bag of chips in Austin, then there's like a penny of it's that. A hotel, that goes no, 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 it's the hotel tax. It's related oh, to tourism, wow, which okay. is exactly what. So it's like two percent. I want to say two or three percent of hotel tax going towards a live music fund. It's exactly what Macno has been fighting for and lobbying mm-hmm. for here, wow. um, and uh, New Orleans because of uh, Kristen Palmer. The, this one. Uh, city council person who no one can explain why she wants to be so aggro toward music and musicians because it's essentially you know if you compile the reasons why people come here you know it's some Mm -hmm. there's some kind of you know first and second between music and food Mm -hmm. and then way down here is like architecture (laughs) you know or something oh look at the houses you know yeah the the Europeans aren't impressed with our history like they don't no, care they don't like, care about that. No, they they live know, in houses or, like twice as old as New Orleans. Sure, yeah. of course, right. And uh, it's the music. It, it's and, the music. And the Japanese and the food, tourists yeah. just want to see like guitar shredders. Is that true? <laughs> if, I make a, if I may make a blanket cool. statement, <laughs> not true. I thought there was a huge like. They uh, love the they love the guitar. Shredders. Well, I don't want I don't want to be stereotypical here, but <laughs> I, I well I'll leave that up to me. I did <laughs> I did get mistaken. By, twice by, June, no, by Japanese on. tourists for June, come on. for uh, I got mistook for <laughs> Davis Rogan and I got mistook for uh, the other guitarist he's like a blues guy he used to be really big and he lost a lot of weight I can't remember his name but anyway I'm sorry <laughs> my first thought was like John Popper a blues traveler Papa Molly <laughs> Papa Molly yeah. boom this Good. guy came up to call. me at Tipitina's and he was like and I won't do an impersonation. He's like, yeah, please, he's please like, don't. are you Papa Molly? I was like, Jesus. I was like, no, sorry, man. He was really excited, man. He's like, that's Papa Molly over there. I've had other saxophone players come up to me and, and tell tell me that, hey, there's this guy that came up to me the other day. He said he's looking forward to playing this gig with me Saturday night, but I think he was talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people aren't paying close enough attention. So. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not. Yeah. So, uh, what else do we got, guys? Do you guys want to uh, just do a plug before we go out here? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Love to. Uh, uh, so, like we said, the festival's happening. Starts the sixteenth, ends the twenty third. Opening night, we got a movie called A Marriage Story, which is by Noah Baumbach, oh, yeah. the director who did The Squid and the Whale, uh, While We're Young. Um, back in the 90s he did uh, what's the name of that movie with Ben Stiller and Alan Alda like makes acid and Lily Tomlin Alan Alda and Lily Tomlin oh, are acid grandparents it. anyway he's uh, known as like a subversive living yeah, in living, like a living in oblivion living in oblivion yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
so yeah we got that's our opening night it's going to be at the orpheum we always do it up big for the orpheum and then we're going to have a party at gallier hall we're good we're um, glad to be back in gallier hall for our, our opening night party and then yeah the rest of the festival is just films all day and isn't there an actor in marriage story that they're saying this is going to be oh yeah you Oscar got thing. you got adam driver you got scarlett johansson scarlett you got johansson supporting performances oh, by Oscar laura dern yeah because well, last year i went to the premiere of the green book or whatever book, correct him and that was you guys were kind of on that on that uh, telltale sort of like uh, what do you call it? You guys were, you know, yeah, one of those I mean, film festivals that kind of grabbed onto that movie. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, we were. Uh, it was a great opening night, and uh, I should say the sort of the meat of the festival is we program about ninety percent from blind submissions, so people who just send us their movies. Yeah, um, and we pick. We I watched about fifteen hundred films this year, and we screened fifty six hundred over the entire lot of us, and we picked the best two hundred and thirty something out of those. Yeah. So um, we do a lot of just digging through the bins, like picking up stuff that nobody's ever heard of. And if you're into that, if that's your kind of thing, if you like movies and you want to discover something new, see a film. Like um, we've shown, um, you know, like Ben Zeitlin's early movies, the director of Beast of the Southern Wild, stuff like that. So, um, you know, so we have kind of a, a heavy rep for picking up talent. In the, How many the uh, submissions did you personally watch for this year's 1500. You watch fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. That's short. How many times features. did you want to like gouge your eyes? That's incredible. I mean, I just I start I in January and I just do four hours a day until it's July, and I'm like done. <laughs> I don't a know. Good, wow. A good friend of mine who used to work for me sent me a Vimeo link to his um, feature film, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, Friday night, I'm going to watch the film. It's a, like a puppet horror story. Okay. Cool. And I wanted to just claw my eyes out. Well, like, we'll hope he's not like a listener. Stuff things into me. Another guy doesn't listen. Right, to he probably does. So it's fun. It, it's yeah. I, the, I need to start listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See what they're saying. About you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, narrative features are that's one. But of it the, can be pretty rough. Yeah, that's one and of the that's one of the 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 categories that I do Jeff and I watch. Spent about, so much money on production value. Oh and, yeah, and it looked really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could tell Jeff Devillo because you're a filmmaker, and. Or my boy Jesse spent so much time and money clearly mm-hmm. and called in favors on like 300 frames you know of like this one little like animated like puppetry thing but the fucking writing sucked yeah and the acting sucked yeah narrative features are the toughest I lose more screeners every year we have 70 plus really great volunteer screeners who volunteer to do this work with us yeah. in exchange for an all access pass basically and uh, I lose more screeners and narrative features just cause it's like it's sometimes up to two and a half hours of like stuff wanting to kill yourself like that it's it's, wow, it's very hard to like i can't get stoned enough to even like a, a documentary that's like, like not, not that interesting level of sativa that like will make me <laughs> enjoy this yeah yeah it's very very I hard to sustain else. quality when you don't have any money for sure you sure. know it's just really hard yeah right? you you know one three and a half minute scene with somebody who can't act, you know, and that could kill because the, like, that's the whole thing. Yeah, and they're like, oh, except for that one really crappy part. Ugh. Yeah, and you I know, think that's that's what makes that's the way it works. That's what makes the discovery so exciting. That's what keeps me coming back to this job. It's like it's like you said, like it's drudgery sometimes, but it's like there are films that we're showing this year that wouldn't be shown in this city or maybe in this country in an actual sure. cinema if we weren't the ones doing it. And that's kind of what keeps me keeps me doing it. So. All right, that's my that's my plug. Come well, to the in, cool. well, in contrast to segue to, to James Martin's plug, I mean, you just made an album. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it wasn't like heavily well funded, but you had what Derek Freeman produced it, mm-hmm. 
And um, you were at the... What was Rec- I recorded at uh, Parlor Studios, Marini Studios. Yeah, a lot of uh, freaking talented musicians. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I was able to get a lot of the guys in my band who were all top call guys around town. And yeah. they all put a, a grade A effort in the studio. And I'm really happy with, with the way it turned out. Yeah, dope, man. That's, That's great. Good. But That's it's, not ch- it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. That's right. So you had to spend money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you when you get to that level, then you're like, yeah, you gotta. You gotta well, spend that's a why you gotta meet with some music su- uh, supervisors and get that mm-hmm. mailbox. Yeah, that's right, right. Yeah. Yeah. go get that mailbox money. Yeah, <laughs> either that or a trillion streams. I think then maybe I'll break even. Yeah, you just all, the entire population of the earth needs to listen to it for a couple weeks, and then yes, it, nonstop. Then you'll be set for right. a couple, couple years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll pay rent for this month. Four like, four hours a day from January to oh July. Moderate I'll just I, I'm just gonna go boot up spot. Spotify and just turn your album on and have a listen and then when I fall asleep maybe I'll just keep you know like yeah, keep, keep it going rolling, keep it rolling. Yeah. there was a band recently that that released an album that was just empty tracks and <laughs> and they told their fans to just go stream it incessantly and it, it like it got a lot of streams and they actually made some money they made like oh, that's great bucks. that's great <laughs> but it, but it was, it was kind of like a middle finger to Spotify yeah. which you know yeah it's yeah. it's a it's a huge company like it's a billion dollars like the, the, the people yeah. running They're the company nervous. are making more money have more money already I think the guy's like my age and has more money than Paul McCartney oh after, my God. right I, after I hate, all the songs I that he wrote don't want, <laughs> I don't even want to think about it's, it it's sickening yeah yeah. And Paul McCartney could afford to buy Michael Jackson's library. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, now. Yeah. It's discounted. It's discounted. Oh. Right. <laughs> Ever since the Chappelle Netflix show. Yeah. Um, but look, so, man. So everybody that. go out and see James. Well, also and, and buy his stuff off the bandstand. There's, <laughs> look, <laughs> there is money in live and performing live yes, music shows. Yes. And that's the thing. Yeah. Playing uh-huh. festivals. That's right. Playing in Europe. Mm-hmm. Playing around the country. You've got, got you you have uh, Gretna Fest coming up next weekend, right? Yeah, this Friday, actually. This Friday. Yep. Gretna Fest, which is like, you know, I mean, how do you guys describe Gretna Fest? To me, it's like, it's our like sort of redneck riviera kind of like i've never actually it's never an been. honor to play at the gretna fest and the, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. i get to hang out with like a lot of trump supporters who like like the same music as me you know what i mean cool it's pretty weird <laughs> it's like going out to hawks for the cause or whatever it's like oh this is the one place where like you know i hate you but we like the same pork you Except that they have a, a really good lineup of local musicians like James Martin. Gretna Fest, yeah. yes, like the James Martin right. band. Um, and, Much uh, like the quality barbecue. Swing that back around. They do have it. No, it's, it's fun. It's on the West Coast. It's a good time. Excuse me. Sorry, so then guys. you've got the, yeah. uh, the, the, the uh, October 4th yeah, CD release. Yeah, I'm doing a big CD release party the day the album comes out on October 4th, uh, 7.30 at the Jazz Playhouse. So if you're in New Orleans, please come by. Hang yeah, out man. with us. Right. And the all single right, right now yeah. is on, on streaming on, on all those services. So if you want to go listen to that, go ahead. And the single's fun. And I'm going to say again, check out the Josh Starkman thing with you guys on Facebook. Um, with the James too, Martin yeah. band. Yeah, man, it's fun. It's like, he's just, like this dude just does this niche thing where he get, has bands like in his what, garage or mm-hmm. studio or whatever. And they Wait, just what, get, what is it called? They just get super goofy. He just it's it's like a have a great day series. So he okay. gets like different bands, artists to come through, and they sing whatever song. And mm-hmm. like he's just everybody's smiling, and it's really positive, And he's wishing everybody to have a great day. It's the kind of shit you can send to your mom. 
I said to, well, to my mom. You always need that. Always got to have that. Because she's like, again, this is a joke I've made many times on this show. She's like, I don't understand this pod card that you do on Mondays. <laughs> pod card. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's like an app on your phone. She's like, I don't understand that. But I can send her the Facebook thing. Uh-huh. That I have a great day. Smiley face. And she's like, oh, now I have a b- little bit better sense of who you are. So yeah. Being. So, folks, we're going to wrap up this pod cart uh, with our guests here. And I want to thank you guys for coming on. Thanks Appreciate it very yeah, much. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. And uh, tune in to com. Jeff and Doles, Tales from New Orleans, next Share, time. Share, subscribe. Yeah, you right. Word. Yeah, you're right. <laughs>